0: Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail. And today I have another exciting guest. Her name is Brianna Parks. She is an elopement photographer based out of Northern California and serving the Pacific Northwest. And I'm so excited to talk to her today about the struggles of being a successful business owner. (laughs) So we'll go through everything. So welcome, Brianna, to the podcast today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited. And the cool thing about Brianna, she actually reached out to me about being on the podcast after listening to it. So she is not one of my coaching students, which I'm really excited <laughs> About because she has built a super successful elopement photography business. And I want to pick her brain about it and just learn more about the journey that she's gone through and how she was able to find success and what she focused on and kind of what her struggles are, even as you start. Seeing success in your business, there's a whole new set of problems that arise, right? So I'm really excited to pick your brain. But why don't you tell us kind of what your history is with your business? Because I know you started shooting weddings first.
1: Yeah. So I started my business back in like 2018, 2019. And at the time, my husband and I had just gotten married. I was a baby, I was 19. So I was a child bride, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in college at the time, and I was a pre-med major. I really thought I was going to go to med school, and I was a super creative individual in high school, and I think when I got to college, I just kind of lost all my creativity and all of my hobbies because I was just so focused on school, and I just needed something to do. I was so creatively unfulfilled, and so I was trying to find different hobbies I could explore, and I was actually on YouTube, and this video popped up of this girl who was shooting portraits, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this looks super cool. I would love to try photography. I think this would be super fun. And so I convinced my poor husband to take me down to Target. And we spent like half of the money we had in our bank account on a DSLR camera. I have no idea why he said yes. (laughs) It was very much like a leap of faith. (laughs) And it was just my starter DSLR. And I just shot like just for fun, I would do free shoots for people. And I would, of course, market myself on Facebook because that was a thing to do. And I just would shoot for a while and I thought it was really fun. And it wasn't until someone offered me, I think it was like $300 to shoot a wedding and I was just hooked. I had no idea you can make so much money photographing a wedding. I thought I was raking in the cash when they handed $300 to me. It was just... I feel Unreal. Like we all have that story of
0: like the first wedding. Where we're like, oh my god, you're paying me a few hundred dollars. This is yeah. crazy. <laughs> it was nuts, and so that's kind of where it all started. That's awesome. Did you just like you just fell in love with photography and you just had to go after it?
1: I did. I really liked it. I think it was it was a passion for sure, but I also think at the time it was just a way I could make a side income because, like I said, we were broke and in college, so any money I could get was good money. Yeah, a little side hustle income. I think that we all
0: start like that too. So you started shooting weddings. How did you then pivot into elopements?
1: Yeah, so I pivoted about two years into my business. I just was so tired of shooting big weddings all the time. And I was shooting a lot of low budget weddings. And so I kind of wanted to expand my horizons a little bit. And I Just one day I was like, you know, I'm going to shoot elopements because they look really fun. I saw all these other photographers shooting elopements. And so I kind of just went all in and completely basically deleted my entire Instagram feed and just only posted pictures that looked like they were taken of couples at an elopement, even if they were at a big wedding, you know, couples portraits only and just really marketed myself on social media.
0: Yeah. So you committed. You like... You didn't half-ass it. You didn't just like dip your toe in the water of maybe I want to book some elopements here and there. You like completely changed your business. And then did it take off right away or did it take some time?
1: No, it definitely took some time. It was a little bit of a struggle at first because I feel like I had no idea what I was doing. But I think when I got my first elopement inquiry, it just kind of, I think it lit a fire under me a little bit. And so Mm I really was just like, okay, how do I book more of these? And that's kind of when I discovered SEO and other marketing channels and just
0: really went all in with that. So and now this is the interesting stuff that I want to talk about, because you went all in on SEO. And that's what I try to teach a lot of people like, stop wasting all your time on Instagram and really focus on Google. Google is the goat. Like I say that all the time Google's the greatest of all time. If you're not getting all your inquiries from Google, you are on the struggle bus. So tell us your journey with SEO and how that was the thing that propelled your business to success.
1: Yeah. So SEO was such a huge part of growing my business. And I kind of always knew what SEO was when people would mention it, but I had no idea what any of the technical terms were, and so anytime someone mentioned like, okay, you have to do this with your meta description or, you know, tag your post this way or make sure you include this keyword and don't do keyword cannibalization, I was like, what is that? Like I had no idea what people were talking about. It really felt like learning a foreign language. I just did not understand what people were talking about, and so I knew it was a great way to get inquiries because people would mention it all of the time. And so I started out with YouTube and I would look up YouTube videos on SEO and there's a ton of free resources out there that I really recommend. But I really found my love for SEO through Catalina Jean's SEO is Fun course. And that really kind of kickstarted my SEO obsession, I guess you could say. I love that. So you focused
0: on SEO. You've been focusing on SEO for a few years now. Tell the listeners... (laughs) how many website visitors you get like a month or in the last 30 days, how many did you get?
1: I got (laughs) 15,000.
0: Which is insane. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, are you lying to me right now? Because that is a ton of clicks. But that is impressive as hell because that many website visitors basically guarantees that people are finding you. They are falling in love with you. They're going to inquire with you. They're going to book. You're going to be able to raise your prices. I mean, you charge 6500 for four hours of coverage. So you've been able to be picky about who you work with. I mean, that's success right there, being able to charge what you're worth. Be picky, book maybe 30-ish elopements a year. I mean, that's amazing. So let's talk about your like kind of transition from, okay, I'm thinking about SEO like oh my gosh this is like learning a foreign language too now you're getting inquiries you're getting bookings like you're set you're raising your prices you are seeing success but like what were some of the negatives that came along with that
1: there's a few i think being successful first of all i feel like it really kickstarted my work addiction i guess you could say um where i was just I knew I had all of these inquiries coming in and I knew my business was sustainable, but it was almost just like, okay, I'm at a good point. This is my peak. When is somebody going to come up here, take my place and I'm going to fall. And it just felt like my time was coming to an end almost. And so I feel like I was just so focused on, okay, I need to put 110% of myself into my business. I need to work all the time, seven days a week, put in as much work as I can to make sure I stay at the top and I'm not going to fall. And I think it was just a very unhealthy mindset to have. And I think a lot of people when they kind of reach that point of success, they don't know how to like relax and take in and honor the work they've done in the past to make their business what it is today. And that I mean, that's an ongoing struggle. And I think that's, something that's probably always going to stick with me. And yes, I'm working on it. And I think it might be like a lifelong thing. I, yeah. I hope it's not. But it's so cliche, because everyone says this, but my business is my baby. <laughs> and oh. I feel like I'm constantly having to like, look after it. it's it feels like a newborn baby where I'm just like, okay, I need to keep my eyes on you 24 seven, and make sure nothing happens to you. Yeah. And like, I think
0: so many people experience that where, you find success, it's coming fairly easily, but you've had this whole long season, like years probably of hustling, right? Because we've all have to hustle to get our businesses off the ground. And we're either hustling while working another job or we're hustling without that extra job to pay the bills. So we got to pay the bills with this as we're building our business, you know, and it's hard. And then you get to a point where you get to relax and you don't have to hustle as hard but we don't know how to turn that part of us off. We think that if we stop hustling, the house of cards is going to tumble, you know? So it's really hard to make that transition and I think a lot of people feel like this fraud feeling, like you are describing that someone's going to swoop in and take your business from you or something or like be better than you or take your inquiries and bookings from you and stuff like that. And we just don't really see that happen. So how Like what are you doing now? Because you told me, let's see, that you did not take a day off for three years. Yeah, which (laughs) (laughs) awful. Do not recommend. Yeah. So you're like white knuckling your business, right? Yeah. You are like, if I stop working, it's all gonna fall down. So, like, how do you get out of that mindset? How do you start? taking days off and only working a few hours a day and relaxing and resting and like developing hobbies? Like, how do you transition? That is a great question. Lots
1: and lots of therapy is what I like to say. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) I think, like, honestly, I mean, to me, okay, at the time, I was like, this isn't a work addiction. Like, I love my business. I love working on it. This is something that I'm so passionate about. I love it. So I was just like, there's nothing harmful with this. And then one day my husband sat me down. He said, listen, you are a completely different person. I never see you. You're working 24 seven and it is taking a huge toll on your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. You need to go get help basically is what he told me. And I was so in denial for such a long time before I was just like, I'll go to therapy, I guess. (laughs) And there's a lot of useful tools that I learned in therapy, and I still go because I think it's just super helpful to talk to somebody about your business. You know, they're an outside perspective, and so that's really helpful. But it, I am a firm believer in taking baby steps. I am an all in or nothing kind of person. And so taking baby steps is really hard for me, but I notice when I do, it is life changing. And so I am at a place now where I, don't work on the weekends unless I like absolutely have to if I fall behind for some reason. And I only work four hours a day, Monday through Friday. And I try to kind of stick with that even during my busy season if I have to edit or something. But it's it is very difficult. And so I really sympathize with people out there who feel like they can't do that because I know how difficult it can be. But like I said, I think baby steps is just the way to go. I would almost sit down and write down what your goals are for your business, get really clear and defined on what your goals are and how you can make those goals a reality without sacrificing your well-being. I think
0: that's so true. And I think we all go into these businesses because we love them, but we also want freedom, time freedom, location freedom, financial freedom, all of those things. And like if the financial freedom comes at the expense Of our time freedom and yeah, our relationships and stuff like that, then that's no good. And what's the point of being an entrepreneur (laughs) if we're just gonna work 24 seven? Like, if we're gonna be the boss and the CEO, quote unquote, of our own businesses, we should be able to sit back and relax, maybe delegate out some stuff, outsource some stuff, and like, yeah, just working four hours a day. And people aren't productive that long. Like, do you think you are actually productive every day? that you were working seven days a week for years? Oh my gosh. No.
1: <laughs> there like, would be were days where I, I don't even know. I don't know. I would just sit at my computer and just like toggle my mouse around for three hours mm-hmm. because I was just so burnt out. I was like, okay, well, at least I'm quote unquote doing something. You know, I'm, I have my email inbox open, so I'm, I'm being productive in a way because I'm waiting for emails to come in. <laughs> but I think, I don't know. I think You get to this point in your business and I never took the time to sit down and look at how far I've come. And thinking about it honestly makes me emotional because little Brianna would be so freaking proud of where I am right now. And I hope all business owners, you know, even if you've been in business for a year, just take the time to sit down and like even look at your old galleries and just reflect on how far you've come as a business owner because it is just the most empowering is maybe the right word to use, just the most empowering thing to see how far you've come.
0: Yeah. And you told me earlier too, about how one of the things that was hard on you when you first started was you were on your chapter one and you're, comparing people who are on like chapter 50 yeah and like that can really hold you back because you question your own self-worth and i think a lot of like the productivity stuff is like you only feel worthy when you're productive i think we're kind of trained to think that way since we're young that like our worth has to do with how much money we're making and how productive we are in our jobs and stuff like that when really like that's not where our worth is at all and i can see a lot of younger not younger, but like, earlier in their business, photographers just like comparing themselves. And yeah, it's like an all or nothing thing. They don't realize how many baby
1: steps they have to take to get to chapter 50. Right? Yeah, 100%. I feel like I was so focused on really big name photographers. And just how can I get to their level? I wasn't even like focused on Okay, how do I get to chapter two? How do I go straight yeah. from chapter one to chapter 50? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's so
0: much personal journey that you have to do in between Chapter One and chapter fifty. There's so much that you have to learn about yourself and about being a business owner like you can't
1: bypass those steps, right? Oh, a hundred percent, and I feel like you know if I had to go back and do it all over again, I wish I had more grace with myself and honored the little the little milestones, getting my first inquiry. I should have celebrated that. you know I should have bought myself a cake. <laughs> just the little things, because I think you can get so caught up in what everyone else is doing and how everyone else is so much more successful than you are and how you can get to that point that you just disregard all of your little wins in a way. Mm -hmm. And we need those little wins. We need to
0: celebrate those things to keep us going. You know, like everything we do is our own intrinsic motivation. And I'd rather it be from a place of positivity than like, you know, what I'm sure like was kind of sparking this work addiction where it's more like, it's almost this negative, not even not negative place. But like,
1: I would say scarcity mindset, just focused on how it's not enough, how, you know, there are other photographers, quote unquote, stealing my clients, even though that's not a thing, but just feeling like it's all going to be taken away. It's never enough. There's never going to be enough. And you need to learn to live in a mindset of abundance, a place yeah. of abundance instead of having a scarcity mindset. And
0: this is like a great example, too, that it's possible to like still be in scarcity mindset and have a successful business because I know I did that. Like I had big time scarcity mindset for a long time. I'd like followed Dave Ramsey and I just thought, I don't know, I just had all these weird, weird ideas about money. And like, I was doing well in business, but I was terrified to spend money. Yeah, I was terrified of being broke. I wouldn't location scout sometimes because I didn't want to spend gas money. I mean, there's just all these weird thoughts that I had about money that were really like affecting me negatively. And then developing an abundance mindset later, I think has allowed me to run my business a lot more easily and not like white knuckling it and feeling like I have to work 24/7 to keep it up. Do you feel like you've experienced that too, kind of like moving from scarcity to abundance? What do you think?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it's still a work in progress if I'm going to be completely honest, but I think I don't know. I've just noticed when I'm more grateful, even when I take 5 minutes out of my day in the morning to write down 3 things that I'm grateful for, it's usually never about my work and it's about how work has provided me a lifestyle that i love it's about my family and the ability that i have to go do things because i have money for my business so it's it's a little bit of both <laughs> but yeah i feel like i'm a much more compassionate human being when i come from an abundance mindset i'm not taking every couple that inquires with me i'm much more choosy about who i want to work with and I think beforehand it was just like, okay, if I'm available for their day, I'm gonna take it because that's extra money. Even if I really don't like this couple, even if I really don't want to shoot in this location, I'm just gonna take it because you know, you never know when the money's gonna run out. And what if I only book 20 elopements instead of my usual 24? Like I need to take all that I can get. And now I think I'm at a point where it's just like, okay, if I get less bookings than I did last year, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna be fine. We'll make it work. It's not a huge deal. And I am much more happier than I used to be. And I I feel like if I, even if I'm taking less work and I'm making less money, it is so much more fulfilling for me. I am working with couples that I actually really love. I'm shooting in places I really want to photograph and visit. And it's been a complete 180. Yeah, I love that. And you, you have had to work
0: through some of your own like issues with pricing so that you could increase your prices. Cause yeah, you charge 6,500 for six hours, which is amazing. And it took me years and years and years and years to figure out how to do that. And you've done that in a couple of years, which is awesome, but that's because you've been able to focus on SEO and kind of work through some of those scarcity to abundance mindset stuff. I mean, we all fall back on scarcity every once in a while. We all do. And like with you having 15,000 website visitors a month, you're going to be fine. You're going to get your bookings, you know, mm-hmm. but you even yeah. still <laughs> say things like, oh, if I don't get my bookings, it'll be okay. It's like, you're going to be fine. You're going to get yeah. the bookings. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> I feel like every year and I, I feel like I see this in so many Facebook groups and I am the exact same way. So I am not trying to shade anybody, I promise. But <laughs> I always say like, okay, I only have 10 bookings. It's like October of 2023. I only have 10 bookings. I'm freaking out. Like no one's inquiring. And it's just like, yeah, okay. But you, you felt this way in 2022 and you felt this way in 2021. And guess what happened? It worked out. You got all your, yeah, bookings. your calendar got booked. <laughs> <Yeah>. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. So I have to sit myself down sometimes and just be like, okay, you're freaking out a little bit. You need to calm down because you're going to be just fine everything worked out the past what three years you're gonna be a pandemic even yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be fine
0: (laughs) you're gonna be fine yeah I think it's that roller coaster of the seasonality to our bookings it messes with everyone's mind oh you know 100%
1: yeah that's the one downside I think about this work is the seasonality it is so hard to kind of adjust to that schedule even just going from like the winter season where you can kind of relax and slow down to just, I mean, nuts in the summer season. It is very hard to kind of adjust in and out of that period every single year.
0: Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Well, and you're all over the place. And you said you're going to niche
1: down even more now, right? Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. So um, starting in 2025, I'm only shooting in Northern California. So like the Redwood area, Mount Shasta, Lassen, and Olympic National Park, just because I feel like when I first started out, I just wanted to travel all over the place because all of these other photographers were doing it. And I took my first international trip to Iceland and I was like, oh, I don't actually really love this. And so I'm going to niche down to just do the Pacific Northwest. And I love the Pacific Northwest. I still love places like Mount Rainier and Oregon and the North Cascades, but my heart just really, really, really loves Olympic and Northern California. And I i am just so, so passionate about work that I do in those two areas. And so I just decided that is the most fulfilling thing for me. And it is very scary to kind of niche down even further, but I'm, I'm going to go for it because it's just, I know it's going to make me happier in the long run.
0: Yeah. And I think that's such a smart way to think of it, that you're going to be happier by doing it this way and that it is scary, but I feel like anytime you niche down, It just always works out, you know, because you're just that much more of an expert in those locations. And that's what couples want. They want somebody who's going to hold their hand through the process. They don't know all the things about those areas. So like hiring you will be this. It'll just be great. And again, you have the website visitors to back up anything you want to (laughs) do. Any, yeah. Any like, however picky you want to be in your business, you can do that with fifteen thousand website visitors a month, which is freaking awesome. The other thing I want to point out too, because I think, like you mentioned it before, when you were on chapter one and you're comparing yourself to someone's chapter fifty, and you're seeing all these big name photographers and you want to be like them and stuff like that, and it almost like, for some people, it's too scary to even go after that dream, because they're so far away from where these big name photographers are. But you're the perfect example. And so many people are that you're making a good living shooting elopements. And like, you may not be like, one of the top big names in the industry and stuff like that. But you are serving your couples, you're serving an area, you're doing it well, you're charging well, you're focusing on SEO, you're doing all the right things, and you've made it like you've found your success. And like, you're not a big name, but that's okay. Because people need to know that there are other people making a good living doing this stuff other than, the few Instagram famous people that we all know that you can be like anybody. You can be 40 like me or 25 like you. You can be in any place in the United States and you can make a good living doing this. And there's going to be a journey involved with it. There's a personal journey from that chapter one to that chapter 50.
1: Yeah. And I feel like I wish I had, this is going to sound so narcissistic, but I wish I had someone like me (laughs) to look up to when I was first starting out When I first started out, I was only paying attention to the photographers that had like 10k plus followers on Instagram. And I do not have that. I'm not even close. So I wish there was just a photographer I knew that didn't have a ton of followers on social media, but was still thriving in their
0: business. Well, now you can be that person for other people. And I think that so many of us wished that there was somebody like Brianna Parks now that could have helped little baby Brianna Parks when she was 19 picking out her first DSLR (laughs) you know like to tell her you're gonna do great or something when she was doubting herself or something like I think we all wish that there was somebody like us that could have been there for us when we were in our baby stages of business (laughs) but you have to I mean there's some things that you can help people with when it comes to business you know like seo is a skill you can learn photography is a skill business management are all skills like you can learn those things but the journey you have to go through to believing in yourself and doing the things and committing to something even when it's scary and not working all the time and like saying goodbye to imposter syndrome taking baby steps instead of being all in or all out Those are all very powerful journeys that we have to go through. And everybody's journey is individual. And yeah, you can't really skip out on that stuff. So Brianna, if you had to give advice to somebody who is struggling to build their elopement photography business, what advice would it be if you had to go back in time and talk to baby Brianna or to anybody listening here that is struggling with the comparison game or struggling because they have a fear of success, any of those things, like what advice would you give them?
1: Yeah. So number one, learn SEO. Pretty (laughs) (laughs) self-explanatory. Number two, stay off of social media. I understand you have to post. Stop following other photographers. Stop stalking them on Instagram. Stop looking at other photographers' websites. It is just not healthy. It puts you in a bad mindset, and it is just not good for your growth. Focus on yourself. Keep your head down. Look at your business. Learn what makes you different. Don't get inspiration from other photographers and how they're different. Really figure out what makes you different, and you're going to go a long way. I promise you. I love that. I don't think I've had anybody say, like, stay off
0: of social media before, which is... So perfect though. Cause yeah, if, if you put your blinders on and you stop looking at other people, which I did a lot in my early days too, like that's how you do find your voice and figure out who you are because you're not constantly being, I don't know, you don't have all this other noise around. You can yeah. just focus on you and yourself and like what makes you happy and like the things that you want to do. So yeah,
1: you're so much happier and it makes you so much more confident. I feel like when I go on calls with clients, I'm just like, yeah, I'm the best photographer for you. I don't know what all of these other photographers are doing because I don't go on social media and I don't look at their profiles, but I can assure you I know who I am and I promise you I will give you the experience of a lifetime. Yes, I
0: love that, that confidence. Yeah, it comes from not looking at other people and doing your own thing. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brianna, for being on the podcast. Yeah,
1: thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited to just hear your story and... I'm so glad you reached out to us. And I'm so glad that you were able to come on the podcast and share your story.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. This is super fun. Yeah. And how do people find
0: you? Like, where are you on Instagram?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Brianna Parks Photography and all social media websites. And then my website is (laughs) briannaparksphoto.com.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, everyone go check her out, give her a follow and use her as some inspiration and motivation. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your 9 to 5, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.